Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place where we tease apart what it means to be a conscious parent and aren't afraid of getting super messy with it. I'm your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and in the trenches of the parenting journey with my own two teenagers. Each week, I come at you with a solo show or an interview. You can be sure that the guests on the podcast have something important to say, and I am honored to have you listen in as I pick their brains about what it is that they are passionate about. If you are a parent looking to grow while walking the path of parenting, if you're open to learning new things, if your relationship with yourself and your kids is something you are interested in diving deeper into, then this is the place for you. After you listen, I would love to hear from you. Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review, letting others know what you love about the show. Or feel free to shoot me an email at casey at joyfulcourage.com. I love hearing from listeners and I'm always quick to respond. If you want to be sure not to miss any of the happenings going on with Joyful Courage, join my list. You'll stay updated on the podcast and events that are happening for parents, both online and live. You can join the list at www.joyfulcourage.com slash join. Yay. So glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Hi, listeners. I am so excited to welcome today's guest, Christina Kuzmich, to the podcast today. 13 years ago, Christina was a broke and defeated mom of two, recently divorced, juggling jobs and sleeping on the floor next to her kids. She never imagined that a lo-fi cooking show she pieced together to reach other moms in the trenches would get Oprah Winfrey's attention. Oh my gosh, we all want Oprah's attention. (laughs) Today, she speaks directly to her 2.8 million Facebook followers in honest, funny parenting videos on topics from mind your own motherhood to a satirical PSA, four reasons why women should never breastfeed in public. Her star is rapidly rising and she recently took her message of acceptance and resilience on the road to 22 sold out cities. Her witty, knowing and sympathetic voice is captured on the page in her first book, Hold On But Don't Hold Still, Hope and Humor from My Seriously Flawed Life. Christina, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Tell me um, a little bit about the title of your book. Where does that come from? Hold on, but don't hold still. So this has sort of become a mantra for me, whether I was going through a really rough life year or just a rough parenting moment. Hold on, meaning hold on to hope, hold on to what is good, because even mm. if things are, you know, even on bad days, there are good things. Uh, but don't hold still. Don't wait for this or that to happen before you start living your life. Don't be passive. Don't be apathetic. Don't hold still. Keep moving forward and get feisty and proactive. I love that. It really resonates with me. I like to, I listen to a lot of law of attraction and I'm on the manifesting journey all the time. And I really appreciate it when we remember that it's not just, this is what I want, you know, and declaring it to the universe, but it's also the steps that we take moving in that direction. That's what I hear with don't hold still. So yeah, we, I feel like we waste a lot of our life waiting Mm-hmm. You know, when I find the right partner, I'll be happy. When right. I can afford a house, then I'll pursue my career or my dream or what my hobby, whatever. Um, and you're just going to die waiting. Stop waiting yeah. and just do what you can now. Yeah, I love that. Yesterday, I listened to an interview 
with you from a couple years back talking about your journey and how you ended up with Oprah and all the opportunities that showed up because of that and the, um, the cooking show opportunity. Will you talk a little bit about just that experience? Because it's kind of one of those like, oh my God, that happened. That happens to people. Like, like, what? I'm like, wait, that happened to me? Uh, Yeah. There's a chapter in my book called hot dogs with Oprah. And I write in it how, um, I basically started putting some cooking videos out there. Didn't think much of it. Somehow, uh, got basically discovered by, found out about the show that Oprah was having. Oprah searched Mm -hmm. for the next TV star and entered, thought nothing of it. There were over 15,000 people who entered. Um, the producers called me. I ended up on this reality show, 10 people competing to get a show on the Oprah Winfrey network. And weirdly enough, I end up winning. I was probably like the one person there who was convinced, you know, I shouldn't be there. And I end up winning and I had a cooking show on her first season of her network. So it was Mm -hmm. just crazy because three years prior to this, I was sleeping on a floor and sharing a bedroom with my kids and, you know, on food stamps and broke and depressed. And so it's, it's amazing how life can change when you do get proactive. Yeah. Well, and, you know, let's talk a little bit about that period of time, because I think that's something that, you know, people are really attracted to is your willingness to share about, you know, the dark times and dark times, not meaning, and listeners know me, (laughs) dark times are not necessarily a thing of the past. They are things that, you know, show up because we're having a human experience and we are interacting with other humans that are having their own human experience. So will you kind of paint a picture a little bit about where you were when you were in that place prior to kind of your star moment? Yeah. Um, so after my divorce, I just sunk into a really deep depression. And like I said, I was, I couldn't even afford an apartment for my kids and I. So we rented one room, we had a roommate in another room and we shared this little bedroom. And, you know, I was on food stamps and I had a friend who worked at Starbucks and asked his manager, Hey, when we throw away the food that's expired, it's, it's still edible. It's a little stale, but could I bring it to my friend? And so every Friday, uh, my friend Dave came over with a paper bag full of stale Starbucks goodies, and I would feed that to my children. And I just felt like, you know, most parents would feel in that situation. I felt like a failure. I felt inadequate. I felt like my children deserved better than me. I hated myself. I hated my life. I had zero confidence. And it just really hit a low. Mm-hmm. And that's a point where I even had a list of pros and cons written down on a piece of paper of how my suicide would affect my kids. And the mm-hmm. list of pros, meaning my children will be better off without me, was longer. So now everything I create, whether it's funny, whether it's serious, whether it's through my videos or book or touring, I just, I want to be for others what I needed when I was at my lowest. So that's where, that's where all of my passion and inspiration comes from. I love that. I love that. It's so pure, right? I love that. And, you know, so I've heard, because I told you yesterday, I did listen to all these videos and interviews with you. And what really, really landed with me was as you kind of were able to create more opportunities, right? Because yes, you were noticed, but you had to put yourself out there to get noticed. So I just want to acknowledge like what you did in creating the opportunities in your life. But as they, as the people kind of wanted to shine you up for this cooking show that you got with Oprah, can you talk a little bit about like how it felt for the outside world to start to decide like, well, we'll put you here and 
it'll be, you know, this is what the food will look like and this is what you'll look like. How did that feel for you? So it was really hard because when I won that show, one of the things, you know, Oprah grabbed me by the shoulders and then I tried not to pee myself because Oprah was pushing me. And I think I did pee myself. But she, she, you know, she was like, I love your authenticity. Don't change that. I love your authenticity. Well, then she went off and, you know, she was busy with her own projects. And I was stuck with TV execs who decided to make me a perfect mom in a perfect kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, sort of timidly raising my hand because I was on that, you know, I, I was so torn because here I am with this amazing opportunity. So I don't want to seem ungrateful. And, you know, I have to be thankful and play along because I don't have any experience. But on the other hand, I'm trying to stand up for myself. And so I would say, hey, could we maybe do an episode where I'm making dinner and then my kid is throwing like a massive tantrum and pulling on me and they're screaming and I'm still just trying to put dinner on the table because any parent who turns that on will be able to relate and it will make them feel better. Mm -hmm. And um, the people in charge were like, no, we've never seen that on TV. And I was like, I know, I know. That's why we need it on TV. Cause it's not right. on TV. They're like, no, that's not how it's done. And so all my ideas got shut down and basically, uh, they made me, you know, just a really expert, amazing, perfect woman in a perfect kitchen that they rented, you know, and every With time great I would, hair and makeup. Oh yeah. We had a stylist and everything. And then every time I would spill something, they would, you know, cut, And they would clean it up and make me do it again. And I just thought, oh, this is so fake. And all I could think about was if I had turned on the show back when I was struggling and seen this, it wouldn't have helped me. It wouldn't have made me feel better. It just would have been another thing that I can be intimidated by because I will never live up to that and I will never have a life like that. And so when that ended... I thought, you know, I actually had meetings with Food Network in different places and everybody needed me to be an expert. Everyone was mm-hmm. like, I love your personality, but could you change this and this and this and this and this, you know? And so I sort of decided it's not worth it because I don't want that feeling again. I don't want to feel again like I'm betraying that girl who was sleeping on the floor and felt inadequate. And then years later, um, when I decided to start making my parenting videos, I really made it a point to share real life and to get vulnerable and share the messy stuff. And again, just kept thinking about what did I need to hear? What did I need to hear when I was struggling? And that's my whole book is, you know, the whole time I was writing my book, I kept thinking, what did I need to read when I was struggling? Which stories would have helped me? So that's where my passion came from. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm glad I went through that experience of that perfect yeah. thing show because it just solidified for me how free, freeing it is to be authentic and how just suffocating it feels to fake. This podcast is sponsored by Factor. Are you old enough to remember TV dinners? They came in those tin trays and each part of the meal had its own little compartment. I remember eating those and watching Happy Days followed by Three's Company, maybe a little Laverne and Shirley. I am that old. Well, the situation has been totally upgraded by Factor. Factor makes delicious, ready-to-eat meals. And unlike those quick meals of the past, every Meal from Factor is fresh, never frozen, chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including meals that are calorie smart, protein plus, and keto if that's your thing. Also, there's more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. 
In my last order, we got red chicken chili tamale bowls and Italian sausage pizza casserole, as well as other delicious meals that my family loved. Plus, there's breakfast and smoothies and all sorts of other add-ons to make life simpler while also keeping it healthy. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Right now, head to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use code joyful50 to get 50% off. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50 to get 50% off. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Yeah. Well, and listeners of my show have been, I've kind of been documenting my own parenting journey. Like I said, I'm a parent coach and I teach parenting classes and that does not necessarily translate into no challenges and a perfect family. In fact, my podcast that went out today (laughs) is all about uh, my husband and I going to a mindfulness marriage workshop this weekend because we needed it. And we've had a really tough season of parenting in the teen years. As you know, you're a parent of a teenager. We have no fucking control. And (laughs) they're actually their own people and they make decisions that aren't necessarily what might have been at the top of our list. Right. And I just, I was so excited. I'm so excited to be talking to you, Christina, because that mission of authenticity and transparency, I think is so powerful in a time where everything feels so curated, whether it's, Mm -hmm. or it's either curated to perfection or, you know, it's like some reality show that's a complete shit show, you know? And I don't think either of those things are really useful to real people that are just trying to live a good life, you know, put, like you said, put food on the table, make sure that we can show up for our family, you know, in a way that's helpful, not hurtful. So I just, again, I'm really glad that there's voices like yours with a platform that you have to be able to stand up and say, this is messy. Like, this is messy. So um, one of the things that I pulled out of your book, there's a couple of things that I really that really resonated with me. So the first is just the struggle, the parenting struggle. And I work with a lot of people who, as much as we know, it's not about perfection, 
bumping up against the imperfection is really painful. So one of the quotes from your book that I really loved was beating myself up sometimes actually feels easier than cutting myself a break. Easier because it's more familiar and what is familiar tends to feel comfortable even when it's bad for us. Can you talk a little bit about that and what that means to you? Yeah. Um, we, I think we humans just tend to go towards the negative. It's like a magnet mm-hmm. for us. And so, especially, you know, as children even, right, there's pressures put on us, whether it's to get good grades or behave a certain way, or maybe, you know, I talk in my book how when I was a kid, I was too much, I was too loud, I was too mm-hmm. hyper. And so I was always like being asked to sort of shut down these certain parts of me. And, and we grow up and what's familiar to us is criticizing ourselves and not mm-hmm. giving ourselves enough credit and focusing on the things we did wrong or didn't accomplish. And it just, it's like anything, you know, you hear about those people who leave an abusive marriage and then they get married to another abuser because it's familiar. Right. And unfortunately, what's familiar becomes comfortable and, and we need to get uncomfortable. We need to get uncomfortable and get out of that zone and go, okay, what's healthy though? And sometimes the healthy thing will feel uncomfortable at first, but it's the only way to get to a better place. So I started, I decided that I would start giving myself more credit than criticism and more grace than judgment. And every single day, the list of things I give myself credit for instead of the things I beat myself up for has to be longer. And the things that I forgive myself for and give myself grace for and realize, no, I'm not perfect. I'm not supposed to be perfect. I'm human. Mm -hmm. It's going to be longer than the judgments I put on myself. And it's something that, you know, it's not an act. It's a lifestyle, right? You have to choose to make that decision every day. I tell people all the time, you're so focused on your to-do list, start writing a ta-da list. Like mm. you always actually did accomplish today because we overlook so many little things. I write in my book how, imagine if you disappeared. Like imagine if you just disappeared, how many things would fall apart? How many things wouldn't get done? But there are these little things we overlook because we don't see them as meaningful work, but they are. They are all meaningful work. So start writing ta-da lists. I love that. And I love the writing it down. And it's funny because whenever I lead a class or start a coaching call with a client, my first question is, what are you celebrating? Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting how that, you know, depending on the 10 minutes prior to the call, (laughs) that is either an easy question to answer or a difficult question to answer. But I think that especially in the parenting journey, You know, even when we're thinking about our kids and what are the skills that our kids are displaying, like we're not necessarily thinking about, okay, you've, wow, you, you navigated that challenge. Well, like the little things that our kids are doing all the time, showing their developing skills are not quite as obvious as those moments of challenge or when they're, you know, not their best selves or they're struggling emotionally or having a hard time or discouraged. And so I think, you know, even when it feels like, well, you know, we feel like celebration should be like, I'm going to throw myself this huge party for this amazing thing I did. Well, how about the fact that you got up and you made breakfast and you gave him a kiss goodbye and it was pretty mellow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't a song and dance, it but it was just mellow. It was just connected and it wasn't a lot of effort. You know, I talk a lot with parents about as we get into the mode and become more consciously competent in being the parent we want to be, we kind of move towards even unconsciously competent and then we're not noticing that we're doing such so many amazing things. So I love the invitation of taking stock. Is that a daily practice for you? Has that been yeah, a daily I mean, now practice? It's, now it's become like a habit. 
you know, right. but I, I compare it to working out, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing pisses me off more than the fact that one sit up won't give me a six pack. Right. I, I'm, I'm very angry about it, you know, <laughs> but I turned 40 last year and I finally decided to start working out. And I was like, Oh, Oh, I'm supposed to do this regularly. That's how that works. And that's how I think of any kind of emotional growth, right? It's, it's training. It's something you have to do regularly doing mm-hmm. it. I hear so many, this frustrates me so much. I hear so many people say, you know, I tried that thing you suggested, Christina, like giving myself more credit or whatever. And after a week, nope, didn't see a difference. And I thought, okay, so work out for a week and tell me how much, you know, mm-hmm. weight you lost or how in shape you are, whatever your goals were, right? You're not going to see much difference in a week. Make it a lifestyle yeah, and just decide, you know, I... I, I have a chapter in my book called Recovering Pessimist because I used mm-hmm. to be an incredibly negative person. I still, I call myself a recovering pessimist because I'm still working on it. I'm working on it daily. I will work on it until the day I die, but it's worth it. It is worth the work. And eventually it does become a habit where now, you know, when I feel inadequate, I don't have all the answers with my kid or I screw up, which I do all the time, instead of going, oh my gosh, I'm such a loser. I can't believe I didn't know how to handle that or I can't believe I handled that badly. I can say, Christina, you're human. You're going to make mistakes. Let's Mm -hmm. focus on what you did right. You know, Mm -hmm. let's focus on how fiercely you love your family and how much you care. That's amazing. Give yourself credit for that. Hi, all. I know you are loving this interview with Christina, so I'm going to make this quick. I just want to be sure that you know about the upcoming Sex Ed for Parents of Teens mini summit brought to you by yours truly, Joyful Courage. It is an offer that I am super proud of because I know without a doubt that it will be incredibly useful to you as you navigate your teens developing sexuality. I know, I know, who wants to think about that? But here's the deal. Your teens are thinking about sex, they're exploring relationships, they're being influenced by their peers and popular culture. Don't you want your voice and your values in the mix there? The Sex Ed for Parents of Teens Summit is five powerful interviews with five of my favorite experts, and the content will leave you feeling confident and ready to have those important conversations that you need to be having with your teens. And I'm not talking about the, this is where babies come from conversation. We all should be way past that. I'm talking about conversations about your values and rules, about consent and contraception, about how to create healthy boundaries in relationship, about porn, sexting, digital relationships, about being supportive of LGBTQIQAP youth. Yes, this is it, people. This summit is what you need for all of that. Enrollment is now open. The price is $29 for the entire summit, and that is the price point until we start on April 6th. After that, the price will jump up to $39, so register now to lock in the savings. I cannot wait to hold space for all of our learning. For more information about speakers and to register, go to www.joyfulcourage.com S-E-M-S. That's joyfulcourage.com slash S-E-M-S. You won't be sorry. So another thing that cracked me up in your book, and I could so relate, is um, around in your chapter on being controlling, like, woo-woo, I see you. (laughs) Specifically when you were talking about school 
projects. Yep. Oh my God. I know that I am not the only one in my community of joyful courage that has completely taken over a school project. So I write in the book how my son was supposed to make, you know, a project for school with all the planets. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I have all these crazy ideas and I love baking. So I was like, we can make a cake. We can do this. We can do that. And he was like, nope, nope, nope. And he just wanted to do the standard styrofoam thing that every other kid was going to do. And what I had to, and then when he, even when he was building it, I was like, oh, I should fix it. I should make it. Oh, you know. (laughs) And what I realized is that it was about my ego. It was all about me. And what the message I was sending to my kid is your way is not good enough. You are not creative enough. You can't do this. And that's a horrible message. I never want to send that message to my kid. So I learned to step back, land the helicopter and just go, I'm going to let him do it his way. And will it be different than mine? Yes. Will it maybe not be as spectacular as I think mine can be? Maybe, but that's okay. But will it send him the message that you, I'm I'm cheering you on to do the best you can do at your age. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that is so, so, so important. You know, my kids would, I would teach them how to make the bed and then they would make it and I'd go back in there and fix it. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what am I I telling my kid by fixing it? You know, I'm, I'm just sending a negative message. So this is, you know, we talk about the negative things we say to ourselves, we can spare our kids from some of that if we stop sending them the message that their way isn't good enough. Right. And also always put our egos in the backseat. We just have to. Yeah. Man. And it, and wow. And it's so interesting. I mean, have you had the experience? So I feel like, you know, I love personal growth and development. I am like the best therapy client there is. I'm all in. I'm super excited to talk it all out, dig into my shit. And I'm still being a a mom, especially, I don't know what your parenting teens experience is, but I feel like the teen years have really, it's like picked these scabs, like peeled back these layers that I didn't realize were still there. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is another place for me to get to know myself in a deeper way. What's been your experience with the teen years? I mean, it's excruciating. (laughs) I feel like when they're little, you know, when kids are little, uh, parenting is challenging physically, right? You got to wipe somebody, you got to, things are spilled, you got to breastfeed, whatever. It's a lot physically. And I feel like when they're teenagers, it's emotionally draining. Mm -hmm. So one thing that's helped me is just realizing in the moment when they're really struggling is that the only thing harder then raising a teenager is being a teenager. And that helped me have some compassion and go, you know, I remember what that was like. That sucked. Like all those changes and all the confusion and complication that goes in being a teen, it sucks. But I also think, you know, we think of childhood as full of growing pains. And I think parenthood is full of growing pains. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's been so many times where I've told my kids, you know, especially my oldest, I'll say, listen, You've never been 16 before and dealt with this stuff. And I've never raised a 16-year-old who's dealt with this stuff. So we got to learn together. And just that sort of puts both of us at ease instead of me being this expert and a parent who's just going to parent out of fear because we tend to parent out of fear when they're teenagers. It sort of puts both of us at ease at, at let's grow together and let's, let's, I'll, I'll learn how to parent you correctly and guide you and you'll learn how to get through these teen years. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. 
with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. Have you bumped up against any conditioning? Because you grew up in Croatia, right? Well, when did you come? What's your, tell me your life story in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Under a full moon. It was a very long, painful birth. Um, (laughs) I was born and raised in Croatia and then moved to the U.S. at 14, uh, freshman in high school. Okay. Dang. I know. How was that transition? Move to a completely different culture. Plus we moved because the war in Croatia. So a lot of, you know, I didn't speak the language well. I didn't know the culture. I was a dork. I had survival guilt because my friends were at home, you know, in basements trying to stay alive. And I was here picking out what dress I was going to wear at the school dance and, you know, a lot of crazy emotions. (laughs) Yeah. And so as you move, do you feel, because, well, do you feel like the way that you were parented? So that's a really unique story, right? But I'm just curious because I know for me as the mom of teens, I'm noticing the places where the way that I was raised is coming to the surface, even as I know that I there's certain things that I want to do differently mm-hmm. um, and navigate differently. It's really interesting the way that my conditioning is showing up yeah. and really getting in the way. Do you notice that as you're navigating the teen years? Oh yeah. I'll notice, you know, myself approaching one of my, I have two teens now Mm -hmm. approaching in a certain way and going, hold on, I'm doing this because this is how I was approached. And did it help me in the moment? Did it actually help me? And it didn't. One thing that I've really struggled with, I'm obviously a talker. It's my favorite (laughs) sport. And I found myself yapping at my kids and and, you know, they would start to tell, I'd ask them a question. And before they could even finish, finish telling me the story, the fear kicked in. And it was, it was immediately like, wait, who were you with? Where were you? What happened? You know, okay. and what I realized is if I don't shut up, they're going to shut down. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I, I didn't feel like I had as a teenager. I, I didn't feel like I had, you know, this space where I could just say it all and not worry about the reaction. And so, you know, I'm not saying we should just let our teenagers get away with whatever, but you can't help someone if you don't know the problem and you'll never know the problem if you're not paying attention. Yeah. So that's been huge for me is just trying to go, okay, I I want my kids to feel really heard 
And then we can discuss after, but I, I don't want to keep interrupting them. I don't want to talk at them. I want to talk with them. Um, and just continually reminding myself, shut up, just let him, let, let him get it out, let him get it out or he's mm-hmm. going to shut down. Yeah. And that, what you said about when the fear kicks in is mm-hmm. so huge, right? Especially during this time, because, and like you said, like getting their story, because I think we, and I say this a lot on the podcast, we're always making assumptions. We were teenagers, so we know how it feels to be a teenager. And that is so dismissive of them. So I really, I really appreciate that. Um, Tell me, if you don't mind, tell me about, just because this is fresh from my own experience, tell me about staying connected to your husband as you navigate all there is to navigate while parenting three kids and having a career. I mean, you're traveling all around. Tell me about that. It's hard. So I've shared in the video and then I share in my book, how I met my husband, you know, as a single mom. And it's like this really sweet romantic story. And he's really one of the best people I know. Mm. But then, you know, as I shared that story in the book, I was like, uh, you know, I don't want people to think like that everything is always just perfect and he's perfect, <laughs> perfect together. And so I write in it how, yes, it's how we met and how we fell in love is a beautiful story, but there are other stories from a marriage. There are marriage, there are stories of disagreements and stories of arguments and stories of holding grudges and stories of, you know, times when we should have stuck together and instead we completely pulled apart. And I think that's so important because people don't talk about this enough. And I didn't talk about it during my first marriage. I kept everything hidden. Mm-hmm. In my mind, the way I thought is I'm never going to leave. I thought I was never going to leave my first marriage because I didn't want my kids to grow up in a divorce home. So I thought if I'm never going to leave, then what's the point of opening up about the struggles? I'm just going to pretend it's all great. And I think a lot of people do that. And so now I found it more important to just talk about it. You know, I write in my book how getting married does not mean that the search for love is over. The search for the person to love is over. But the search for how to love that person is just beginning. And that's so true because- It's so true. It's so true. We change, you know, we grow, right? So we're not exactly the same person we were when we got married. And then also having children changes us and changes our circumstances. And then life comes and throws some bombs at us that we didn't expect. And that changes us. And it's like you have to continually choose to love. Mm -hmm. It's a choice. You know, I don't believe in the whole, oh, I'm just in love all the time. I feel like it's a choice. You have to choose to love this person. And you have to learn how to love this person because, you know, the way you think they need to be loved or the way they used to need to be loved might be very different this year than it was last year. And so it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It is, it is it's so much work. So when anyone tells me they have the perfect marriage, I'm like, either you are in denial or you are the biggest liar and I'm not buying it. Yeah. I mean, I think marriage... I think just realizing the marriage is supposed to be hard kind of makes me feel like I can breathe better. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. it's supposed to be hard. Oh, okay. I'm not crazy. We're not crazy. It's supposed to be this hard. Well, and I think that was a huge piece, right? You The, the search to on how to love yeah. isn't over just because you found the person to love. I it just think- It be over. 50 yeah. years of the marriage, you might have to relearn how to love this person. And- learn how to communicate the way you need to be loved. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're coming on 25 years since we met my husband and I, and you know, like I already mentioned, we spent last weekend at a little couple's workshop. He wasn't so excited to go, but. (laughs) Good for you because I think a lot of people are scared to ask for help 
and they're like, oh, well, I don't want to be those couple that that couple that's in marriage therapy or whatever. I mean, do it. Oh Are my you gosh, kidding? Do like, it. It's the best thing ever. It is the best thing ever. We all need help sometimes. We all do. All of us. Every yeah. human being. And asking for help isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. It means you care and you're, and you're trying to build something stronger. You should never, you know, feel weird about that. You should give yourself a pat on the back for that. Yeah. I'm feeling like a champion. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Christina, you know, the name of my business is Joyful Courage. And I always end my interviews asking, you know, in the context of all we've talked about, in the context of your work with holding on and not holding still, what does, when you hear the words joyful courage, what does that mean to you? Um, to me, it means being willing to be uncomfortable. We kind of touched on it earlier. Yeah. And just dipping your toe and maybe even jumping in to something that seems so scary, but you're doing it because you know it will lead to something better. So often, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting for somebody to send us joy. We're waiting for someone to knock on our door and give us joy. And really to reach joy, I think it does take courage. Yeah. So I love the name of your podcast because to me, courage leads to joy. Thank you. Where can listeners find you and follow your work and find your book? Is your book out? It's out. And I'm so proud of it. Um, the book is Hold On But Don't Hold Still. Uh, I am on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Christina with a K, last name K-U-Z-M-I-C. And my website is samechristinakuzmich.com. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with me today. And thank you for the impact because I know just watching the comments flood in as you do your lives on your page. You are making such a huge impact on parents and on the world and on their children. So thank you so much for your work. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. It is my great honor to create this show for all of you. Big thanks to my producer, Chris Mann at Podshaper, for his work in making the podcast sound oh so good. If you're interested in continuing these powerful conversations that start on the podcast, become a patron by heading to www.patreon.com slash joyful courage. That's www.patreon.com slash joyful courage. For $5 a month, you will have access to a private Facebook group where I do weekly Facebook Lives on Mondays and interview recaps on Fridays. Plus, it's a great way to give back to the show that gives you so much. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, wherever you are listening to podcasts and simply search for the Joyful Courage Podcast and hit that subscribe button. Join our communities on Facebook, the Live and Love with Joyful Courage group and the Joyful Courage of Parents of Teens groups are both safe, supportive communities of like-minded parents walking the path with you. If you're looking for even bigger, deeper support, please consider checking out my coaching offer. www.joyfulcourage.com slash coaching is where to go to book a free explore call with me and we can see if we're a good fit. I'll be back next week. Can't wait. Until then, big love to you. Remember to find your breath, ride it into your body, take the balcony seat, 
and trust that everything is going to be okay. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy.